0: Again, it's
1: drinklmnt.com slash mom
0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode 433 of The Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey Megan.
1: Hey Sarah. How's it going? It's good. Happy
0: October everyone. Megan do you love how everyone posts the um, Anne of Green Gables October quote on the first day of October? Do you know which one I'm talking about? Well
1: yes but I had completely forgotten that that happens every year until you just remember. I think I'm always surprised by it. It's kind of like how the Justin Timberlake, it's going to be May thing Right, every year sneaks up on me. I can never get in front of it.
0: Oh, that's funny. I'm always like, oh, maybe we should post that Anne Shirley quote this year. Anyway, it's a very sweet, sweet quote about how wonderful the month of October is
1: in many places. I am reading Anne of Avonlea, right? Anne of Avonlea? <laughs> Anne of Avonlea right now and uh, just finished Anne of Green Gables. So I can't remember if that's in the first or the second. I feel like it might be in Anne of Avonlea.
0: Yeah, but. I don't remember either. It, um, but. Yes, Octobers are wonderful. I really like October. And in honor of it being the very beginning of October, we are resharing an episode today from twenty twenty-one, uh, House Rules for Halloween, that is so full of really good practical Halloween parenting tips that it needed to see the light of day again. Megan, um, we when we first aired this, we didn't air it until later in the month of October. And I remember right. at the time thinking, oh man, like This is stuff that people really want to think about now, like in the beginning of October. So that's what's happening today. We're going to chat for a little bit, and then we are going to reshare the entirety of that House Rules for Halloween episode, um, which, again, is so full of goodies.
1: I feel like Halloween may be the the holiday that most needs good house rules because it's so concentrated into one day. It's got all of the elements of like, parenting stress like candy and um bedtimes that are blown and like is it going to happen on a weekday or a weekend like it moves around it's not like a school holiday there's so many things oh and also parades and things Mm -hmm. that happen in school I feel like um it's got so many fraught topics all crammed into you know a day or a month depending on how you celebrate in your house and right there that's another one yeah to contend with so Yes,
0: I agree. When I was listening back to this one, I laughed. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so smart. And uh, that leads perfectly into what I wanted to talk to you about briefly, which is our kids are so dang old now that (laughs) a lot of the the intense Halloween years are behind us. Not all of them. I have an elementary schooler still. I went to a Halloween parade last year, so I thought we could both refresh our memories on Halloween 2021 and Halloween 2022. And just, I'll go first, but just like share a snippet of what Halloween with teenagers and even for you launched adults is like, if we even did anything, if anything was different. Yeah. So, um, while you look up your photos, I did, and I remembered a couple of funny things last year. Um, uh, my kids, gosh, would have been 14, 12 and nine. Um, and it was the first year that we truly split up. So the 14 year old, I drove across town with a friend to a different neighborhood where they were going to do some teenage trick or treating and then like eat candy at someone's house. Um, and I really held off on that for so long because we do live in kind of a spread out area. And I'm like, well, once I agree to be driving kids across town, like I'm not handing out candy, I'm not walking around. It's like a, a, it's a new era. So last year yeah. was my first. It, it was fine. Um, And then my 12 year old did not want to go out at all. He just wasn't feeling it. Um, And so I stayed home with him. I found a picture of us playing boggle and waiting to see if our doorbell got rung, which it did, but like twice. And then Brian took Violet, who was nine to a nearby neighborhood where they had a uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry sighting. That was very exciting. And then I was very sad that I did not um, go see that. Halloween action. So we were completely spread out all over town last year. Um, And that was the first, but not the last that I I assume will be the trend for the next few years.
1: So my pictures are from two years ago. It's just Clara, 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 Clara in some kind of a cloaky situation, like a like like a purple cloak over a red dress. I think she was trying to go for some kind of witch. Okay, but it wasn't. Well, you know what? I don't know. I'm looking at going this. It's definitely not it's not like because I think if that was the year she was going to do. um, What's the show with the movie with the three witches and Bette Midler's oh, one yeah. of them. Hocus Pocus. She was going to do Hocus Pocus that year. And I feel like that's why we bought the cloak. But then like at the last minute, maybe one of her friends bailed. So she kind of she just ended up vaguely costumed. And I you will see a lot of that in teenagers. Yeah. It's like they don't want to fully commit yeah. to anything. And we touch on that later in the episode two yeah. that you kind
0: of have to like uh, have a little compassion for them because the the social hanging out is what yeah. drives Halloween. So Luke at 14 had a group costume last year. They were all Marvel characters and it did come together. But it just as easily, like you said, could have been like, just kidding, like so and so sick. So now we don't have a Wonder Woman. So we're not doing it, <laughs> you know, like it right. Can go any number of ways
1: it can go any number of ways. And sometimes they're kind of embarrassed to dress up at all. So like, I think, I think she wants to do something. That's not what she wore to school, but did not want to go all out with like a made up face and all of that. So she's, I'm looking at her going, I don't know what this girl is, which by the way, isn't, I also had years of that when the boys were little, where they just kept putting on like capes and things. And I'll look back now and be like, what were they? they? Like some kind of a ninja with a cape and a sword. I don't even know what all this is. So, Anyway, that year she was twelve, and um, we still lived right downtown, like right in the same block as her two besties. And I believe that year I stayed home and, and handed out candy, and she kind of went out with her little friends, but like they weren't out very long. And um, then they came back and hung out at the house. So I felt like we were still all kind of doing it together. Yeah. And then last year we had moved out to the you know country, and so I brought her back into town. Now the picture from last year is, again, her with her two best friends looking rather vaguely like something. Like, she's wearing a yellow slicker and a skirt and a polka-dotted sweater. And I think they were some kind of anime characters Okay. that they know all about and I know nothing about. So they all went together somehow. What's kind of funny about last year is the other photos are all of me at this mom's house. So Will's best friend from, like, kindergarten through I don't know like ninth grade or something like that his parents this kid's parents always threw a Halloween party and I used to go every year at least stop in because I right. would always be out trick-or-treating but usually we'd pick up the kids Will would go to that neighborhood when he got a little older so we'd go to pick Will up and pop in um, and just hang out for like a half an hour but last year I was just waiting for Clara now Will is was off at college and he and that boy haven't really been friends that close of friends in years so it was the first time I like went back to the party just because uh-huh. I wanted to go. Yeah. And and Liz was there with her baby. So the other pictures are all of me holding a baby. Nice. And me and this other mom. And she's wearing like a clown, um, like a clown wig. That's it. Like the, all the pictures are of me. Yeah. And then this one of Clara and her two buddies looking vaguely like they may have dressed up or not. I'm not really sure. So last year was she was a big girl last year. Like she yeah. was a legit teenager. And there was a big difference between 12 and 13, the 12 and 13. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this year, I don't I don't know what will happen. How about you? Do you feel like it's going to be a thing in your house for everybody or
0: I think it will probably trend similar to last year, which is that Luke will get really into something and make a plan with other teenagers. Uh, Reed will probably care not a whole lot. I mean, he might get into something at school, but uh, again, he's 13 this fall. I don't know what he'll do around here. And then Violet will still very much be into trick-or-treating, but probably will want to go with friends um, in a neighborhood that sees a little more action than ours. And I think that's okay. I think that's just going to be kind of our vibe for the next little while. Um, I did find one more really funny picture from two years ago of elaborate pumpkin carving, which my family usually gets into because Brian's really good at it and um, the kids really enjoy it. But somehow Violet carved a pumpkin that she was able to put her guinea pig inside. I think we had seen this on Instagram or something. So um, we have a bunch of pictures of a guinea pig and his little face sticking out of the Aww. front of a pumpkin It's very <laughs> sweet. So that like, again, things I kind of didn't remember that we did. So yeah, another vote for looking back, seeing how Halloween changes and yeah. things that you want to repeat or that just you know, aren't repeatable, but we're sweet memories. I was going to ask you if you plan to dress up. I mean, it's it's a little early as we record this. Maybe you don't know.
1: I don't plan to. I haven't in years. Like, I think the last I, I've put on a couple cop out like animal ears of some sort. Right. Or whatever. But I have not fully dressed up for Halloween for years. Yeah. And I don't I don't think I'll have anywhere to go this year that. Oh, no, wait, I take that back. Last year, we did go to a Halloween party, Eric and I, the Saturday before Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I think I dressed up. It was another kind of like, I already had, the, I dressed up like a 50s housewife or something. Cause oh, I yeah. had a polka dotted dress mm-hmm. and like I did my hair. It was really fun. Um, but I didn't, it was like the last minute. I just looked in my closet to see what I could turn into a costume. It wasn't like a thought, well thought out costume. Right. And we actually went wine tasting before we went to the, to the party. So I went wine tasting, like vaguely dressed up. It could have just People been are, like side-eyeing
0: little... you. Like, is she, yeah. is this ironic? Is this a costume right. or is she? Is she
1: just really dressed up? She's yeah. really into this bright red lipstick. And did she roll her hair, you know, on purpose? So, um, yeah, I guess I did. But it wasn't like this year for Halloween. I'm going to be. It wasn't really that premeditated. Yeah. And I doubt I will this year, but you never know. You know, who knows what could happen? I do think that well, first of all, one thing that's hugely different this year is that Eric has a grandbaby, which means oh I have a step grandbaby. baby Halloween. Yeah. So I don't know what that's going to play out like. I don't know if we'll see the baby. I don't even know if they're going to celebrate Halloween. I have no idea. But if so, there may be a cute Halloween baby situation. And then if not, I was thinking you know, my kids are going to do what they're going to do. Owen doesn't care and hasn't in years. We're not going to get trick-or-treaters out here. I wonder. I that was almost another almost guarantee. Question, you're in, you're yeah. in a new marital home. Yeah, there's almost no way. If we're not near a neighborhood. There would there'd be very uh, little benefit to coming here. Um, and Clara probably will want to do like what she did last year. She'll want to do something with her friends and go get some candy and then hang out with them in some in some configuration. So I was kind of thinking of kicking it back to like some of the stuff I used to do for me mm-hmm. when my kids were little and Halloween felt like it lasted all season. Um, and so, for example, going all out with decorating. I haven't done that in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I might throw a corn maze in there somewhere.
0: You mean like make one?
1: No, I mean like go to one.
0: Oh, I was like, how are you going to, where's the corn? I don't, I we so don't confused.
1: have any corn. We could do a tall grass maze. We do have a lot of tall Yeah, grass.
0: I knew you had kind of wild, I, I, anyway. Okay, yeah. so you're going to go to one.
1: Okay. Well, the last time we went to a corn maze, Owen was probably eight, nine, something like that. And it ended really badly because it was really hot. Clara was over it mm-hmm. and we had not found all of the clues. So, you know, it's like one of those where yeah. you pick up clues as you, I don't know if they're all like that, but this I, one was, Yeah, I
0: haven't, I've been to some that are actually hard to get through. And then some that are just perfunctory like stacks of, Yeah, I don't know. You have actual cornfields. We don't generally. Yes. So our, ours are like stacks of hay in the shape of a maze. And I've been to some that are for little kids and then some that are a little bit more challenging. I don't know if I've been to any that have clues.
1: Well, this was like, you had to, you had to solve something. I don't remember now what the clues led you to, but. We were there for like two hours and we were we'd already picked out pumpkins like the whole it was like the end of a whole day. Yes. And we decided to bail and Owen lost his mind because we had not finished the challenge.
0: He and Reed are so similar.
1: I know. Like he just couldn't. He just couldn't. He's like, but we didn't finish it. Uh-huh. I said, but we've been here forever. I am finished. And yes, he, we have so finished. I just think, we have finished. It is done. So now I just feel like it would be kind of funny to just put them in the car one day and be like, Hey guys, we're going to go do something. And then show up at a corn maze and say, we get to do a re you know, a make good.
0: I mean, I, I don't know about your teenagers and I'm newer to teenage parenting, but I do think that the, the well placed nostalgic activity goes over pretty well with my kids. I guess if I had continually been forcing them into more little kid pursuits without a break, then, then it wouldn't be novel, but Every time yeah. I, I do something with them that we haven't done since they were littler, it generally goes over well. So I think yeah. that brings it back to you as a mom and us as moms. If that if we want to do those things again, I think the kids generally like it and, and they and-
1: like doing fun stuff and, right. and like something like a corn maze or a hayride or whatever can genuinely be fun. Mm-hmm. Just not always for mom.
0: And, <laughs> so. and not when you're in that, those, the thick of those like hot, sweaty, yes. overtired, crying, like expensive years of Halloween parenting. It's like, it's fun for us because it has, we've had a break from it. So exactly. Um, well, I wanted to ask people a favor or just a, a way to help us. And that is that if you listen through to the rest of this episode and you really love it, I would love if you share it with somebody who maybe doesn't listen to the mom hour, doesn't listen to podcasts, but is in this stage of parenting young kids through Halloween season. Um, we always appreciate when you do this. And I think these house rules episodes, they pack so much punch because they collect um, the wisdom of so many moms in our community. It's not even our, these aren't our house rules. These are right. um, everybody's good ideas. So that would just be amazing for us. And if you feel like shooting us a note, like a DM in Instagram or emailing us, And letting us know that you shared it with your friends or your mom group. Um, I would love I would love to hear from you. I also would love to hear from anybody who heard this two years ago and maybe you had babies or toddlers and are now in totally different um, stage of Halloween parenting, because that's the thing is like there's new challenges, different challenges for every stage. And
1: it it comes around every year. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just jump into this episode, Sarah, because we've got a lot of ground to cover. wearable well-being for your feet.
0: Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. You ready to talk about Halloween?
1: Oh boy, am I ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, moms in our community really love to talk about Halloween. And what's so fun this year is we get to do a House Rules episode all about Halloween. So hopefully if you're listening, this is not your first entree into the House Rules series, but if it is, um, House Rules episodes are where we crowdsource from our very wise listener community about the little rules they use in their family to, I don't know, I like to think of it as kind of smoothing the bumps of everyday parenting challenges. Um, A lot of times these house rules are grown and developed organically out of moms realizing that like, oh, turns out it's not fun to have my toddler eat 42 pieces of Halloween candy and have to go to preschool the next day. So like we solve our own kind of challenges and we come up with house rules, which really helps the kids Don't know, feel like they know what to expect. At least that's how my kids feel when they know what the house rule is. And as a mom, it also kind of gives you a shorthand for reminding your family, like, nope, this is the way we do things. So we love these episodes and we're super excited to do a Halloween themed one today.
1: Yeah. And I have to say that I think the holidays are like the perfect time to have house rules, even if they feel kind of arbitrary, because holidays by their very nature are so different Mm -hmm. and novel that if you just like, give, and I'm someone who loves novelty and I love the different, but if, if I just truly gave in to like the novelty and then each family member's um like interpretation of what that means, it would just be complete chaos.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And <laughs> another point about the holidays is a whole year has passed since the last time your kids went trick-or-treating or went to grandma's for Thanksgiving dinner. And because of the pandemic, even longer sometimes. So I also think for little kids, you get to have house rules because they are coming to this fresh. They're like, I don't, I don't remember how to choose a costume. Right. A whole year is a long right. time yes. when you're three or four.
1: Exactly. So for this episode, we asked our listener community on Facebook to share their house rules for all things Halloween. And like always, you all really came through. We had so much fun reading these comments. It was just such smart stuff. So I'm excited about this.
0: I am too. And we did have so much fun reading through your smart rules. One thing it brought up for me is how many of the challenges that come with Halloween with little kids that I have now outgrown, which is a little bittersweet. um, But as I enter like the teen phase, like officially I have a teenager and then I have a tween and a, you know, almost nine-year-old, I am having to come up with new house rules for Halloween. And just this year I pre-declared early, like it was like October 2nd. And I told my 13 year old, I said, you know, I know we're getting back out there and you're making a lot of new friends I'm not comfortable with you making Halloween plans that are across town this year. I said, I know that's our future and I'm not saying no forever, but this year you can have a friend over, you can have appropriate amount of independence within our neighborhood, but I'm not driving. I didn't want to be out driving that night. So I pre-declared a teenage house rule, like on the spot this year.
1: That kind of reminds me of the year that I told my kids, um, I am not comfortable with going to party city to get costumes <laughs> because they cost $55. Yes. There you go. (laughs) I'm not sure that that's the exact verbiage I used, but I was definitely not comfortable with that price point. So it was like, you all are getting too big um, for me to like, you know, piece together your costume out of like the old dress up box. Yet at the same time, I'm not buying you something that puts, you know, that breaks the budget. So let's figure something out in the middle.
0: Okay. We're starting off with talking about rules, house rules that sort of help with the lead up to Halloween and really the kickoff to the fall and holiday season. So this has to do with timing of when you get out the decorations. Um, And really, I know in my house right now, this is very relevant because I do feel like I don't like to put Halloween decorations up before October 1st. I will let a few, I don't know, pumpkin-y things come out before then, but that's always been my personal policy. So let's talk about some rules about the timing of decorating and pumpkin carving.
1: Yeah, I love this one. So um, this one's from Tasha. She says, Halloween decorations come out the first week of October. That includes my seasonal tablecloths. She says, my husband hates tablecloths because they always end up sliding around, but he has to deal with that at fall and Christmas. So I think that's fair, Tasha. That's very fair.
0: I think that's fair, too. I will say if you miss the first week of October, like you get really busy, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's like so soon. So I do think that first week or first weekend in October is uh, that has worked well for us. Um, And another one from Stephanie, similar. She says decorating the house can happen after October 1st, but pumpkins aren't carved until a couple of days before Halloween. And then similar, Becca said pumpkins are carved the week of Halloween. Decorations start getting boxed up the next day. I love that. It's like, okay, November 1st, we're done. Goodbye, (laughs) jack-o'-lanterns.
1: I love that. Yeah, um, Becca, that's a great tip. And I actually kind of made me think that you and I both, Sarah, sort of do this like hybrid Halloween slash fall decor thing, which gives you a lot of flexibility because then it's not like you're taking away all the fun. Right. And if you don't get around to putting anything back up for like a week or two or three or four, after you take Halloween down, you've still got like something fallish and festive up, which is what I like about it. In in our house, you almost don't really miss the Halloween stuff because there's a lot of other things going on.
0: Agreed. And I have, I look forward actually to taking the true spooky Halloween stuff down. And then just having that sort of more serene, like understated, uh, autumnal look for a few (laughs) weeks before, you know, before Thanksgiving. And that's a whole nother episode.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to the next like topic area. So we also asked for rules and got a ton about choosing Halloween costumes. So let's start with a couple rules about picking costumes and trying them on. Um, so Courtney said costumes are decided and cannot change by the last week of September. That's like kind of early. That's, that's pretty hardcore, Courtney. She says, once I start to buy things, there is no going back. And we had similar rules from Valerie, Lindsay, Halston, and Cammie. Um, though they all had different timing around that rule. And I think for, you know, a lot of moms, maybe that rule is like, you have up till October 20th. You have October 25th. You know, some might be like, hey, they all go on clearance on October 29th. So that's when you have until that day. But I like the idea that like you can't just like pick one and then change your mind and then change your mind and then change your mind.
0: Yeah. And I will say, as kids get older, the natural consequence of costumes being either sold out or unavailable or mom no longer having time to like help make something. Um, I can now like, that's, that's kind of like on my kids, like you, there's no right. deadline. You can wait as long as you want, but there will be, there are built-in consequences to waiting. That's harder if you're four or five and you, you're you not like able to shop on your own or, you know, you don't have a sense for that. So.
1: Yeah. I'll also just quickly tease, like something that's coming for, um, parents of eventual teens is like, there will come a time when they just don't actually want to commit to trick-or-treating or dressing up. It's like, They kind of think they might want to, Mm -hmm. but they can't actually commit to the idea ahead of time to buy a costume. And so then you'll kind of wind up with these like day of you're sort of like rummaging through boxes, trying to find black things to pile other things on top of. So I'm pretty flexible about like running out and buying makeup at the last minute or like buying something like truly easy to find at the last minute. Um, But that's more because teenagers are so weird and flaky about whether they want to do it at all or whether they feel self-conscious. Yeah. And they don't Um, know what the plans are like for the teenagers. It's all
0: about like, who are they hanging out with? And what is the plan? You don't want to buy a costume if like, it's not cool to wear costumes in this friend group or whatever, you know?
1: Right, 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 right. So I have actually gotten a little more flexible as my kids have gotten older, but definitely when they were little, I was more hardcore. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um, Well, when it comes to trying on the costume, because I have been here, it arrives. They're so excited. They want to put it on. So Katie and then also Tasha and Amanda all said they can try on their Halloween costume once before Halloween and then it goes away until the holiday. I think that's really smart when you have really little kids, because if if you live in a house where there's a lot of dress up happening, you know, like I've been there. Kids are constantly changing clothes. I can see the parts and pieces getting lost. I can see them getting bored of it and changing their mind. There's all kinds of potential chaos that could result in that like costume integrating itself into your normal dress up bin so I love that it's one special try on and then it goes away to Halloween love it
1: um I love that too and I'm just thinking in of uh, kind of a related rule that I had but different um was that they were actually allowed to have a different costume if it but I wasn't going to buy yes. two full on costumes but they were allowed to have a different one for trick or treat night and for the school parade yes for lots of different reasons sometimes because the school parade doesn't really lend itself to um like more elaborate makeup and stuff, depending Uh on how your school does it. And a lot of schools don't even do Halloween parties or anything like that anymore. But sometimes like what works on Halloween night when I have three hours to put their makeup on Mm -hmm. wouldn't work, you know, for like a half an hour in a school day. So they were allowed to wear a different costume on that day. But I I just wasn't going to prioritize the sort of throwaway costume quite as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. I think we were really
0: similar. I always said I will buy you one costume per year. Whether you wear it is up to you. Whether you wear two different costumes is up to you. Um, I will just buy one one per year and then you do what you want on Halloween. I definitely have had kids wear a different thing to school than trick-or-treating multiple times. So that's a good point.
1: Yeah. Well, Rachel says um, her kids are allowed to wear their costumes as much as they want at home before and after Halloween. But if you break it, the child is the one finding a replacement with stuff we already own. I love that because mm-hmm. she says, Her son got his ninja costume early last week and most of the weapons are already broken. Not my issue. So it's kind of like the flip of Katie's. It's Mm -hmm. like she's not limiting what the kids can do with their costumes. It's just like who who bears the ultimate responsibility of what happens to it?
0: Yep, I totally agree. I love that. And Anna says this in her family. You only get to buy a new costume every other year. Otherwise, dig through the bin and find something. I'm a big fan. huge fan of like these arbitrary every other year rules in my house. Actually, that's backpacks and lunchboxes that my kids get new backpacks and lunchboxes every other year. And it's been that way since the beginning and they don't question it. So if you can pull that off, Anna, and those listening who still have time, why not? If you've got a, a robust dress up bin or your kids are creative in other ways, then they'd look forward to the on years and they would probably get really creative in the off years.
1: I actually had several years in a row where we like we almost solely shopped the bin because Mm -hmm. with four boys, you know, right in a row, it had gotten so stuffed with the stuff that they would be wearing anyway, which was all just like basically like the black base that Mm -hmm. goes with every ninja costume, random caped person costume. So there was just all of that stuff was in there. One thing I I did want to add really quick is I remember having a couple of times we shopped costume pieces and the kids really wanted like the elaborate weaponry that went with mm-hmm. it and this is more as the boys got older and so I did end up kind of against my better judgment purchasing one of those enormous swords like they're like bigger than the kid mm-hmm. and they're very very heavy and then that year because Owen insisted that he wanted it for his costume and that of course um he didn't want to carry it so oh. <laughs> anyway it was a learning lesson for all of us cuz I made him carry it nice. the whole time Yeah, I know. (laughs) I was like, well, I'm not carrying your trick or treat bag for you. So you're going to have to figure it out. But we all learned some lessons from that. I love it. Okay, so I love Liz, um, her tip because she sounds so grumpy, but like in the best way. So she says, for my preschool and elementary schooler, you may pick out your costume from the weather appropriate and age appropriate options I give at our nearby children's resale store, or you may use things we already have. I will not sew anything. I will not make anything. If you want something specific, then please feel free to dig through our costume and dress up bins. Signed, Liz, the the non-crafty mom who has no interest in (laughs) Halloween costumes. Liz, I think we've all been there. Even those of us who sometimes make costumes, Mm -hmm. you know, every now and then you're in a year where it's just like you're not having it.
0: Yeah, and it's a really good reminder that like... As a mom, you have some superpowers and you have some like phone it in or even grinchy areas, and just remind yourself it all evens out in the wash. Like, Liz is probably like A plus enthusiastic about some other really fun area of parenting. Liz, you're listening to this, and we know that you are. It's just not Halloween, and that's okay. So, that's just permission for everybody else that you don't have to be as gung ho about Halloween costumes as the mom next door. You've got your thing too. So, I love that. Absolutely. This next set of rules is more focused on the actual costumes themselves. So Rebecca said costumes must be weather appropriate. No Tinkerbell if it's below 50 degrees. Megan, I don't even have much to say about this, although I will say that Arizona and even Orange County in October, we have had uh, costumes that are too hot. But I I don't know. The kids just they put up with it because they are really excited. And by the time it's dark, it cools off. But they've definitely been some sweaty little, uh, like leopards and wolves in the Halloween Day parade, but what about you and the weather appropriateness?
1: I mean, it is impossible to know in advance, really, because yeah. October, late October weather is such a crapshoot here. I would say, like, if I had to go back through over all of the years of my life at living in Michigan, okay. I would say most of the time Halloween is like a pleasantly brisk day. Okay. you know, it's like a, it's like maybe it's like in the fifties, right? It's like nice. It's like when the sun's out, it's nice. Um, after the sun goes down, it's a little chilly, but you can get by with a couple layers. I have had years where it's essentially feels like summer. And I've had years where it's sideways sleet Mm -hmm. and like frigid winds and the kids are wearing parkas over their costumes and like running from house to house. So we've had to be pretty flexible about that. But the kids do know that at any moment they may be required to a hat yeah. or some gloves or like to figure out some fun way maybe their costume goes over a fleece. Uh, as they get older, sometimes they just like brave it and yeah. they just go out because they want their costume to be the thing that people see. But you know those costumes are made of like like one one ply yes. level. It's like toilet paper <laughs> yes, they're made totally. of essentially. And so it's not like there's there's you can layer seven of them and you're not going to get any protection from the weather. So that's definitely like wait till a day or two before the day and then try to make some calls about how to salvage if the costume doesn't work, but we just kind of make it work. Totally, Yeah. Um, So Lauren has a great tip that I think um, I have actually seen from other families. And I think this can be so smart, especially if you have littler kids in the house who are a little bit timid. Um, And that is that we only dress up as nice, happy things in our house, like no ghosts, no witches, nothing scary or evil. And I could totally see that being like a personal choice where if you've got some sensitive, um little souls in your house that you know are going to be freaked out by that or you just don't want it in your house that's fine you're the decider you get to decide
0: you get to decide and i also had the most timid first child and we had some very traumatic early halloween's where like all the yard decorations the things popping out at you for years and then i had my middle child who wanted to dress up as scary things. Um, but we had a few years of some pretty creepy looking costumes on Reed and that was okay with me. But again, you are the decider. Um, and I had would probably have felt differently if I had a current, like, you know, a current kid who would be scared by that in my own house. Um, but we didn't, so we've had some pretty nasty masks and other death, like, um, costumes. (laughs) And then last year Reed was Harry Potter. And this year he's like a a giant penguin so he's like yeah, so out it of it mean, now yeah. yeah it
1: doesn't mean anything no. like the wanting to dress up as something scary or gory doesn't like it, it's not like a reflection on your child's um, future career choices right. or anything like that um and I actually my mom really preferred um scary costumes like that was her preference she loved Halloween and I actually don't think she it wasn't a house rule but I do remember her having Really strong preferences to the point where like if I really wanted something scary and gory, she would help me and she was willing to buy costume pieces that she wouldn't be willing to buy if I wanted to be like a pretty princess. That's or
0: something. so fascinating. I love that little memory yeah. from your, yeah, from your past. And, you know, it brings up something else that I don't think we got a house rule about, but I have never been faced with any of my children wanting to be something that felt too adult or like somehow risque or revealing. Um, I know that can be a challenge. Um, It seems to happen more with girls, but anything that you felt was somehow inappropriate. I think there are some cultural appropriation costumes that kids still see in a catalog somewhere that you might think, oh, I don't feel comfortable with that. So I guess just a good reminder that you are the decider and you don't have to have a two hour sit down with your child about, you know, why this this costume or that one isn't appropriate. You can be pretty quick and simple, especially if they're little, and often redirecting them to other ideas of like, "Ooh, look at yes. this one over here. How about this favorite character from your, you know, your favorite movie?" So, you're the decider. And there's lots of reasons why a costume may not sit right with you, and you, you, you get to be the decider.
1: Yeah, and you might feel that way about um weapons, or you might be feel feel personally triggered by like blood and gore, and that's all up to you. I'm actually thinking of a that picture that I've shared with you a few times there, I think we actually have had it on the, um, on maybe on our Instagram, Mm -hmm. the one of my whole family dressed up when I was really little. And I was supposed to be a fancy rich lady, Uh but I really just look like a high-end prostitute. I mean, really, (laughs) when you look at the picture, like now, like my mom didn't dress me on purpose as a woman of the night. It Mm -hmm. just, that's just how I look in my fur cape and my very, very bright lipstick. Anyway. We'll
0: have to reshare that one now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Mariah has a great one. I co signed this. She says, we don't spend money on costumes for kids who are too young to care. My oldest (laughs) is two and he will be a farmer wearing plaid and overalls from his closet. His baby brother will be wearing a onesie with a pumpkin that I drew on myself. Nice. No need to spend money on costumes when they don't know any better. So yes, Mariah, you have a long, a long, um, many years ahead of you of all of these Halloween house rules. So I agree. Give yourself a break with the ones who don't care. And also they don't like the three and under set does not care to be uncomfortable. They don't know why you're making them wear like a funny hat or like a weird suit. Um, I will say there were a couple of baby costumes that were passed down. And I think you had a puppy one, maybe.
1: We had a puppy and a chicken that we used on every single kid. Each kid was a chicken and a puppy.
0: So if you get one (laughs) early in your motherhood career that is actually comfortable and cute, then I would argue you might get multiple uses out of it, but only if it's comfortable and like the baby doesn't hate it. And yeah, agreed. If they don't care, you don't need to do anything special.
1: And the nice thing, the, actually the thing, I think they were both actually given to me. I don't believe I paid for either the chicken or the puppy, but the other thing that was nice about them is they were both really warm. So Mm -hmm. having a baby bundled up as a puffy chicken or a puffy puppy, Mm -hmm. the chicken was like a, when they were like a year ish old and the puppy was when they were like two ish Mm -hmm. years old, I believe. And My gosh, they were so cute in those. But like, they were almost like a, they were kind of like a fake, they weren't really a costume. You know what I mean? It was essentially like a snuggly warm coat with some ears attached.
0: Yes. an Old Navy years ago, maybe they still do, but it was usually like 15 or $18, like pretty affordable. And it was fleece pants and basically like a fleece puffy jacket with something like with something on the hood and something on the back. So we had a monkey, one of those. Um, And there were some really cute ones. So, yeah, I mean, do do what you want to do. But I agree, Mariah, if the kids aren't they're not fretting over these decisions. So nor should you.
1: Well, these last two rules are focused on um, taking photos of the costumes, which I mean, I think we all agree is part of the point for mom, right? It's The reason we try so hard.
0: It's it's like one of our um, little perks that comes with going through all
1: of this. Exactly. So Anna Lynn says you have to take a picture so grandparents can see your costume before you're allowed to go trick-or-treating. I mean, I think it's amazing how kids, you you can do all this work for kids and they don't want to pose for a picture for two minutes. (laughs) I know. You're like, come on, man, seriously. And this is like taking that up the ante, Lori. She says, the kids can wear whatever costume they want for trick-or-treating, but they have to humor me by letting me make a family costume for photos. So they have to humor her by letting her do a bunch of work, which um, I hope that they do, Lori. But that's a great that is a great rule, because I think that's really fun for a lot of moms and a lot of families mm-hmm. to have everyone dress up, you know, a theme or whatever. But if the kids don't actually want to wear that for trick or treating, it can be kind of a bummer. So Lori is just like, I really just want evidence that this happened. Yes. But she doesn't really care if the kids wear it to go around the neighborhood trick-or-treating.
0: And I think in a lot of communities, there are multiple events. Like you might have a truck yeah. or treat at your church. There might be like a harvest festival, like two weeks before. I mean, I, I don't think you don't have to have multiple costumes or multiple events. If that sounds like an overwhelm and way too much fun that you don't enjoy, don't do it. But I think for a lot of our listeners, there are multiple opportunities to be in costumes. So it sounds like what Lori's figured out is like, It brings her joy to make and design the family group costume. By the time she gets to October 31st at 5.30 p.m., she's like, wear whatever you want. So I love that.
1: I'm just picturing the whole family sitting around eating dinner, like (laughs) in their costumes and then going out and getting their, you know, and getting their photo. And then it's like, okay, who's keeping it on? And some go change. Yeah, I love it. Um,
0: I have never we have never done a family costume ever.
1: Have you? I don't think so. So I can't think of any off the top of my head. No, I
0: don't typically dress up anymore. I like a festive look for Halloween myself. So I I have some like I love to do the nails and maybe some different makeup or like a black, you know, like I I enjoy that part of dressing up. But I would say it's more Halloween themed dressing than a costume for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me.
0: No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour start ritual or add the essential for women, 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off.
1: Okay. So we are now diving into by far, I think the harder part about Halloween or like the part where there just feels like there's a, there's a few more roadblocks, um, whatever the word is that you're looking for. Uh, trick-or-treating and candy. Mm -hmm. There's just so many, like, as a good mom, should I do this? (laughs) Like, what should I allow my kids to do? A lot of it's around independence and freedoms and like trust that they'll know when to stop shoving Kit Kats into their mouths Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And so I feel like these are the rules that you might have a little trial and error before Uh you identify the correct one. Right. But let's start with the rules that we got for trick-or-treating itself. So these set the set of rules comes from Paige. she says one trick-or-treating ends when the whining begins I love it <laughs> some families Two, would
0: never leave the house There no, was a certain year when Violet was like three and a half that I don't think we ever would have left
1: <laughs> no I know and I have a picture of all the kids getting ready to go out and Clara is bawling yeah. and her face is like all scrunched up and but you know I couldn't I couldn't not take them all because yeah. she was crying so we went but yeah I love that um Number two, carry your own candy bucket. If it's too heavy, then it's time to go home. I definitely had that one with all of my kids. Me too. Three, wear your blinking candy corn necklace so mom and dad can find you and you can find us. No exceptions. No, I do not care if it doesn't match your costume. Paige, that is genius because there was many years where I'm thinking like, it's dark. I can't really see my kid down the road. It's making me nervous. And something like a blinking necklace would have been Mm -hmm. so handy.
0: Here's the thing about enforcing rules like that. Um, The kids are going to get a ton of candy in like an hour and a half from when you're setting these actual trick or treating rules. So you have a lot of power as a parent Um, and they they probably will comply because the incentive is too great. So don't be afraid of, you know, making those making those rules, even if they feel on the stricter side, if it's safety related or important to you. Um, they're, their night's going to go just fine. They're about to eat candy. They're not going to so, be like,
1: you know what? Never mind. Right. Exactly. I don't even want, I don't even want candy. That's the, not going to happen. The
0: incentive is quite great. And you can use that to your advantage. Um, so our contributor Kia on our team and then listener Amanda had a similar rule, um, which is don't walk on the neighbor's lawns, walkways only people around here, take their grass very seriously. And I'm laughing, picturing like a get off my lawn type neighbor. Yes. Um, my old neighborhood was like classic. So this is down in Orange County, pretty classic suburbia, like houses packed in tight, very safe, wide streets, but um, little front lawns like really close together. And I do remember like hollering to the kids, like, don't jump in the flower beds because they get yep. so excited and people are less patient when kids are like eight, nine, 10, 11, you yeah. know, that bigger, they're they're still little, they're still children, but they look awfully large traipsing through right. lawns. So. I hope um, I hope that works to tell your kids to stay off lawns. I'm I'm afraid that we probably trampled a few in our time. Um, and then Rebecca also said, stay with your friends when trick or treating. Don't run ahead to the other houses if they're still walking down the lane. So we had a lot of this again in that neighborhood where we kind of had to divvy up parents and who was watching yeah. which group of kids. And yeah, it, it's a safety concern. It's a like a courtesy thing. Um, yeah, courtesy. Yeah. So. Well,
1: and I think of how many how many of like the rules that I had for my kids, some of which were very like spoken rules and some of which had to sort of, I don't know, um, evolve on the fly. Yeah. were really related to being courteous of other people's homes because yeah. they're essentially inviting you into, you know, not inside their house, but like into their little entryway or, you know, you're at least sticking your hand in their bucket or whatever. And it, it is like an uh, opportunity for them to. Experience like courtesy from both sides, like someone is being courteous to you, so here's how you are courteous back to them and the fellow people that you're mobbing the sidewalk with yes. so I remember um a big one for me was I did not like when my kids would crowd the porch mm-hmm. so that depends a lot on what like you know what the neighborhood composition is like, yeah, but here it's a lot of old neighborhoods with old houses with like small Um, front stoops, Mm -hmm. I guess you'd call them with like maybe four stairs up. Right. Uh So there's not a lot of room to navigate. It's different than if you were walking up to someone's open garage right? and they're sitting out or they're sitting on the driveway. Right. It's like you're everyone's kind of crowded and there'd be kids who would kind of shove and push their way to the front. And then I'm always like, oh, my gosh, that toddler is going to get knocked right off the side. Or it's it's really rude because now someone's squashed between the open storm door and the and the railing. Like so there was just so many opportunities to just remind the kids like, Everybody is doing this together. We have to make room for everybody. And yeah, don't run ahead of your friends. That's just not nice. Um, Okay, so this one's from Katie. She says, we eat dinner before trick-or-treating, no exceptions, very smart. And then she says, if you are small enough to be in a stroller but can walk, you walk up to the door unless you don't want to and then you can stay back. Big kids walk. If they're done walking, we're done trick-or-treating. So we had a very similar one when my kids were like, you know, two. Yeah. They, they didn't want to walk the whole neighborhood, and that would have been a lot for all mm-hmm. of us to expect that, but I wasn't going to carry them to the door. Correct. They could walk to the and
0: door. And they also couldn't get candy brought from a sibling. Like, if you want the thing, right. you go get
1: the thing. That's <laughs> you what I remember. Like, yes. You don't
0: have to walk up there, but you're not going to get, like, no one's going to bring you candy. Like, if you want the candy, you go and knock.
1: <laughs> you go, you do the thing. Right. Um, Anna Lynn says, kids who can't walk safely or who can't mind their manners. And by that, I don't think she means can't. I think she means won't. Yeah. But <laughs> You know I mean, all kids could at some point. Some just aren't in a place where they will. In that moment, uh, but she, it was in impossible. That moment, <laughs> right? Um, she says those kids get stuck in the wagon with the baby. That's a great disincentive.
0: I agree. And wagons—that that just the mention of a wagon reminded me that we had several wagoning uh, trick or treating, and I totally forgot about that. So a wagon is a great. Um, alternative to a stroller for trick or treating. There's a, you can put a bunch of extra stuff in there. And if you have like a young toddler, like an 18 month or two year old who maybe wants to be included, doesn't want to be in a stroller, it maybe can feel a little more inclusive. So I love that. Well, Renee, skipping to the other end of the age spectrum, Renee says, we welcome trick-or-treaters of all ages at our house. We also welcome trick-or-treaters of all costume levels. Some may look as if they are not even wearing them. I once was a young mom with young kids and was honestly upset that high school-aged teens were out trick-or-treating. Now, as a mom of some grown young adults, I now have a hindsight view of my past thought process and unfair biases in these areas. High school kids are kids, and if they want to trick or treat to relive a joyful holiday tradition with respectful behaviors, I'm all for it and even encourage it. Let the teens have fun, too. They're walking the line. I'm, like, literally getting emotional reading this, Megan. Mm-hmm. They're walking the line of kid adult every day at these ages, so let's let them kid for a day. Thanks, Renee.
1: Yeah, well, Renee, you, you know that we couldn't agree more. Um, I think it is very hard to remember this when your kids are so little it's like the conversations we've had about being on the playground yeah with like your tiny tiny toddler and then all these normal sized kids who look like absolute giants Mm -hmm. and you're like why you don't consciously think this but your mama brain is thinking like why does the world have to be so scary Mm -hmm. for my little kid and why can't like they kind of cater to my little kid who's living their little kidness but like big kids are kids Mm -hmm. and um that was you know i I wrote that thing sarah that we i do we share that?
0: I don't think our- we've shared it in a long time. I mean, new listeners would not have seen that piece. It was a Washington Post essay from what's five or six years ago, Megan. At
1: least, yeah. I feel like so yeah. we'll dig it
0: up. We'll link it in the show notes, and it was you saying exactly what Renee is saying here, which is like teenage trick or treaters, you're welcome at my house.
1: Yeah. Yes, and and I think that the line I used um, was like people get really upset about giving older kids candy, um, and my was even if they're not wearing a costume like i don't love that they're not wearing a costume but if they're just out there because they want to have fun and they're being respectful and following the rules and all that stuff and they just couldn't bring themselves to put a costume on or maybe like their parents didn't get them one for lots of reasons maybe not having anything to do with the parents falling down on the job but you know maybe like the kid decided half an hour before trick-or-treating that they were gonna suck it up and like you know suck up that halloween spirit and go my line was something like they're asking for a piece of candy not a piece of my liver. Right. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it's not a huge sacrifice. It's yeah. really going to be okay. It is.
0: And it is so true that when you've had bigger kids, you look at them differently. That you just there's yeah. no there's no other way to get to that point. Um so I love that perspective, Renee.
1: Well, the next one um that we have is from moms after my own heart, which would include Lindsay, Kia, Brittany, Sherry, and Anna. Um, And the rule is always look neighbors in the eye and say, thank you, or some iteration of that. And that was one of the things, like, if I had to say the biggest rule I had around Halloween was like, you say, thank you. You say, thank you. Did you say, thank you. Did you say, thank you. Did you say, please? Like, yes, it's, it's such a, like, again, it's such a good opportunity to learn manners and graciousness.
0: And, um, the cool thing about it is it's really easy to practice in your house. So we did a lot of pretend trick or treating when my kids were preschoolers. First of all, they like it. They like carrying their candy bucket around the house. And I'm talking in the days or week or so before Halloween and, and make them practice knocking on the door, trick or treat. Thank you. Happy Halloween. Like those were the three non-negotiables for my kids were trick or treat thank you. And happy Halloween as you walked away. And they they just were ingrained in it. Um, And so it's a very uh, repeatable. It's not a complicated social grace like some social graces are. This is like a very transactional one. So even really, and it's very kids.
1: robotic. It can become kind of robotic yeah. almost. You'll hear like tiny toddlers yeah. who can't even really speak yeah. saying like twick a tweet and they can't they can hardly lisp the words out. Yeah. But they, yes, they they get candy and they say thank you and, and happy Halloween for that. Yeah. So that's how you yeah. do it. Well, this last set of rules is all about the thing. I think parents kind of have the biggest controversy around or like the most differing set of um, ideals and norms, shall we say. And that's around the candy, the candy itself. So you've done all the work to get the candy. Now, what happens to the candy? The kids get to eat it. Do they have to give it to the candy fairy or, you know, sell it? What? So Colleen says. Once you can't or don't want to carry your own candy, trick-or-treating is finished. I love that. Then that's been kind of repeated mm-hmm. throughout. Like mom is not here to be your pack mule. You know, like <laughs> if you can eat it, you can carry it. Right. Um, but then she says each kid gets one Ziploc sandwich bag with their name on it. They pick out the candy they want to keep until their bag is full. The Switch Witch comes that night and leaves fun books in place of the excess candy. So I like that there's like, um, I like that there's a, It reminds me of those, like when you go to like certain kinds of rummage sales where you can fill a bag with stuff for five bucks or whatever, like you get to choose what goes in there and you might decide that like the relative value of a smaller piece of candy isn't worth it. And you'd rather have the bigger piece Mm -hmm. of candy or you might, it's such an interesting, like, or give you such an interesting, like look into a kid's personality too, because some kids are going to go for pure quantity Mm -hmm. (laughs) and some are going to make more quality based or flavor-based decisions. So I like that it doesn't feel so all or nothing as like, you know, it all goes or you eat a couple pieces tonight and it all goes or you keep it all. It's like a very moderate middle ground.
0: I also like that it gets rid of the candy nobody wants right away. Because I will say that's been an annoying part for me is that it's like they, they hold on to the idea of maintaining possession over their Halloween candy for, I mean, let's be honest, weeks and months sometimes, but toward the end, it's all things that they don't, nobody really wants to eat anyway. It's just, they're attached to the idea of it. So by, you know, making them choose that small container and everything else goes away, it also eliminates like future, I don't know, battles over that candy that nobody really wants anyway. So I love that. Well,
1: and I will say that even if it's the candy, nobody, nobody, nobody wants, there's some sugar hound in your house who at some point, three months down the road will decide that they'll settle for that candy. And by this point, it's like old, stale, bad candy that nobody wants. And they'll eat it anyway. So you might as well just get rid of it. Because it's truly, it's like the very definition of empty sugar. Mm -hmm. Because not only is there no nutritious value, there's not even really any pleasure in it. It's like, yeah, they're they're just like candy junkies. And they're just eating it because it's there. As
0: Marie Kondo would say, you can thank it for its service. Like its role (laughs) was it made for a fun trick-or-treating night. It hasn't been wasted in that sense. It made and made the, ba- the bag heavier. Yes. And then just right? thank it for its service and send it on its way. I love it. Well, Christy said candy trading is allowed and is one of my favorite things to watch as they negotiate trades. So with her multiple kids. But once a trade is made, it's final unless both parties ad- agree to trade back, which I'm having flashes of like no trade backs, which was very much <laughs> a like a Pokemon card trading thing. Yes. Like Trading becomes a really intense Thing, between the ages of like six and nine, I would say, yeah, and younger kids are less capable Susse- of, and they're susceptible <laughs> they are to
1: pressure to, to poor practices. Let's yes, just put that yes, way. they yes. get they get bamboozled.
0: So yeah, yeah, good good idea to have some trading parameters in your house so that younger's don't get taken advantage of, and that you don't end up like. I don't know, getting in the middle of a whole bunch of trade wars. So good thinking, Christy. And then Cammie says the fee for mom taking them trick or treating is one of their Butterfingers, which is her favorite. So I think a lot of our moms mm. probably have like the mom tax or yep, like what mo- I call it the mom tax. Ha- yeah. Hand it over just to mom. Um, my kids are really cute. They really do. They know which is my favorite and which is Brian's favorite and even which are like their grandparents' favorites. And almost without being prompted, they'll be like, oh, Mormor loves Kit Kats. Like, I'm going to save this one for her. So it's very sweet um, to kind of build that in. And I feel like after a while it has even just happened on its own. I don't even have to ask for the tax. They just work it over.
1: Um, And in my house, the mom tax now, it did start as a Halloween thing, but now it is basically anytime any kid has anything that looks good, mom (laughs) just gets like, if I ask, I don't always ask. but. I am at any point allowed to exercise my right to the mom tax and they don't complain at all. They're just like, okay. As you it's should. Just, you birthed yes, exactly. five very
0: large babies. Like, <laughs> I did. <unmedicated>. I did. <laughs> All right. Well, we also got a bunch of rules about the exact amount of candy that kids can consume and when. So Sherry said, this might sound crazy, but over the last few years, we have decided not to manage how much candy our son who is now 10 eats on Halloween night and the days following when it's gone, it's gone. I don't think that sounds crazy, Sherry. I no, think that's a very all. valid, um, a valid option. And I'm super glad that it works for you. And I think there are others out there for sure. I don't think it's crazy.
1: I don't think it's crazy either. And we had a very similar one um, where what would actually kind of end up happening is eventually naturally the food would, or the, the candy would get consolidated. Like, The kids would just have their own candy for days. And then somehow it would sort of all migrate into like a shared Mm -hmm. bowl situation. And then at some point I just throw it out. Yeah. So you're still kind of in control. You're just not coming up with a strict structure around that control. Um, Ashley says on Halloween night, you can eat as much candy as you wish. And then after that, it comes out one piece a day. That's another um, very popular and very reasonable strategy.
0: Yep. And Rachel similarly has a system, but it starts Halloween night. So her kids are allowed five pieces on Halloween night. A full-size candy bar counts as three. Oh, my gosh. How many times have I had a discussion with my children? Well, if I'm allowed three pieces, does this count as one or three because it's bigger? So she's got that all on lockdown. The next day, they pick out 21 pieces and are allowed three a day for the next week. Once they have their 21 picked out, the rest goes in the trash, or I send it with my husband when he goes to a friend's house. So Rachel has this like down to a science. Um, And I would, I'm very curious how many kids she has. I almost feel like the more kids you have, the more these like kind of these rules get locked into place just because you've been burned in the past by not having them. Well, and
1: Rachel must also have a much better sense of her calendar at any given time than I do because I feel like I'd lose track by like day about it? Yeah. what day is it by about the fifth day? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but if you're calendar oriented and can like and can actually keep that under control. Yeah, good for you.
0: Yeah. And then Katie and Brittany both had similar rules. Kids eat as much Halloween candy as they want the night of. After that, they choose two pieces each day. So that's actually most similar to ours. Ours has roughly been eat as much as you want Halloween night. And then we have been three pieces a day until I get really grumpy and change the rules, which is like a week or so. I will also say I have added a twist, which is if they start asking about other desserts, like, oh, mom, can we get ice cream Mm -hmm. at the store? Or can I make cookies? That's a sign to me that like you are no longer enjoying this three pieces of candy. The Halloween candy has,
1: has run its course. And I'll make
0: them choose. I'll be like, sure, we can get ice cream. Like an ice cream Sunday night sounds really fun. So you must be done. We must be done with Halloween candy then. It's ready to go in the trash. Or if you're not, then I'm not going to buy or make or right. entertain other. That is desserts. dessert. Yes, for as long <laughs> yeah. as we'll ride that out. So
1: yes, well, Christy has a similar, not not similar exactly, but like along the lines of candy is dessert. Mm-hmm. Hello, candy is dessert. She says, um, after Halloween, Halloween candy is only allowed to be eaten after dinner time for dessert if you eat your dinner. It's not allowed to be eaten any other time of day. So she's essentially saying, yes, this is dessert. Yep.
0: And Libby says, I use the candy rule that I grew up with that my own mom created. You can eat as much candy as you want the night of Halloween, and that's it. Nothing gets kept after that night. My mom still maintains that she threw away any remaining candy, but personally, I keep a hidden stash for mom for after bedtime. This completely eliminates the whining for candy all through November and fighting over when and how much everyone can have. I mean, I admire this, Libby. It's very tempting to me, but I would worry that I would have a, at least one or maybe two of my three children would eat themselves like truly it's sick. Like
1: actually yes. sick. Yes. <laughs> it feels like this is so personality based because if you have a kid who, you know, wakes up in the pile of vomit in the morning, like maybe not worth it. Yeah. But if if your kids have been able to self-regulate, yeah, then great. Yeah. Okay, so the last two uh, house rules related to candy are really about managing candy when a child has food allergies, which is like a whole nother subtopic, right? That I'm sure creates a lot of complication. Um, Emerald says, We're a food allergy family. We wear gloves for trick or treating, and all collected treats are immediately trick or traded with mom for safe treats and trinkets once we get home. And I think it's, that's a really good reminder that sometimes the thrill of the like the getting of the yeah. the treats is worth it in and of itself. Like the kids don't have to eat or consume the exact same stuff they collected and trading for whatever reason yeah. um, is very, very viable option.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that could work for allergy families, um, for kids who just don't manage sugar very well, or just have like, you know, where sugar causes some real behavior issues. I think that's super smart. And it sounds like Emerald has like really figured that out for them. So I love it. Um, Kia from our contributor team says I always go through candy first. Allergy mom here, plus my parents always did that to us growing up. Honestly, after the first 2 days, the candy hype has died down and I end up putting it away, aka hiding it and finding it around the time it's time to bring out the Easter candy. So, <laughs> I love that. I love that too. Well, this has been really fun. Yeah, thanks to everybody who put in your house rules. If you're not in our Facebook group and you're interested in joining, These are the types of really fun conversations we have there. We'll link that in the show notes as well. And happy Halloween, everybody. This was
1: fun, Megan. Happy Halloween. Talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance.
0: Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code the mom hour to save 20%.
0: Megan, you know what I love about our partner, the Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms.
1: Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of the Essential Calendar, a seasonal at a glance poster sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.